Welcome to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of August 7, 2022. We begin with a few final recognitions and details about the KSB Alumni Reunion. We'd like to first recognize our sponsors for the weekend. They include Bronze, $10 sponsors, David Cox, Patty Cox, Bill Dethridge, Debbie Dethridge, Denise Gill, Samantha Hubbard, Joe Kuswara, Billy Myers, Laura Myers, Kendall Perry, Melissa Saylor, and Brianna White, and Sandra Williams. The Silver $25 sponsors are Mary Bartley, Kevin Cobb, Joey Couch, Michelle Haycraft, Tim Moore, Lonnie Swafford, Elaine Weisbard, and Ronnie White. The gold $50 sponsors are Frank Campbell, Lynn Florence, Beth Franklin, Kenny Jones, Maria Jones, B.T. Kimbrough, Tom Lutz, Gary Mudd, Deanna Scoggins. $100 platinum sponsors include John Hovell, B.T. Kimbrough, Lucy Perry, Adam Rushevel, Carla Rushevel, and Philip Taylor. The Titanium $1,000 sponsors were the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and the Lula Dotson Legacy. Three names were added to the Alumni Memorial plaques, bringing the total of recognitions in that program to 84. Names added this year include Donald Wayne Franklin, submitted by Patty Cox, Margaret Peggy Traub, submitted by Adam and Carla Rushevel, and Alan Weisbard, submitted by Elaine Weisbard. Memorial donations were also made to the alumni in memory of the following. Agnes Belke, little girl's dorm parent in the 1950s and early 60s, and Ethlyn Wilson, the dorm parent for the older girls during the same time period, those memorials were submitted by Dorothy Gaw. Joe Kuzwara made a memorial contribution in memory of his wife, Linda. Rick Ricks donated in memory of Cloyd Oaks. And Joey Couch made a general donation to recognize all of those who are no longer with us. The alumni elected a new board. The officers are as follows. Kenny Jones, President, Louisville. Debbie Dethridge, first vice president, Louisville. Shirley Kane, second vice president, Bellevue. Bill Wright, third vice president, Louisville. Deanna Scoggins, secretary, Louisville. Carla Rushevel, treasurer, Louisville. And directors, all from Louisville, Joey Couch, Kendall Perry, Eric Stam, and Ashley Swafford. Congratulations to all of the new board members. And finally, thanks to all the volunteers who pitched in and helped make this weekend so wonderful. Special thanks go to the kitchen crew, Patty Cox, David Cox, Samantha Hubbard, Debbie Persons, Chastity Starkey, and Destiny Starkey, as well as everyone who helped serve. And to the sound crew, 
Michael and Angie McCarty and Adam Rushville, who made sure that we had recordings and streaming happening throughout the weekend. We appreciate everyone's help and look forward to next year's conference and reunion. A number of chapter activities are going on in the next couple of weeks, and here's a quick look at them. You'll have Savvy, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, is holding its monthly meeting on Tuesday, August 9, in Owensboro. It will be a virtual and in-person meeting. For more information, call Cheryl Lott at 270-686-8689. KCB Next Generation will meet at 8 o'clock on Thursday evening on the KCB Zoom line. For more information, contact Ben Wright at 734-968-8211. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold a virtual roundabout next Saturday, August 13, from 2 to 4 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line. And a bingo, which will be both virtual and in-person, on August 20 from 2 to 4 p.m. For the in-person portion, the doors will open at 1 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Board meeting will meet on Monday, August 15, on the KCB Zoom line at 8 p.m. The Tri-State Library users will hold its book club and business meeting on Friday, August 19, at 7.30 p.m., and the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky Anna will meet at 7 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line on Monday, August 22. The speaker for the Guide Dog meeting will be Sarah Bevan, and she will be talking about care for older dogs. The KCB Zoom number is 669-900-6833, and the code is 862-9889-6972. We remind you that the South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind holds its social hour each week from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, that's 2 to 3 Central, on their Zoom line. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter the code 763-689-4411. We're doing some catching up this week on announcements and information that has been posted on the Internet during the last two to three weeks. On page two, you will find a number of announcements from ACB. And on page three are articles and information from other groups other than ACB. Be sure to listen to each page because it is just packed full of information that will be useful to you. For more information about Soundprints and the Kentucky Council of the Blind, contact us at 502-895-4598. If you would like, you can receive a free CD copy of Soundprints in your mail each week or catch us on ACB Media or your Victor Reader Stream. For more information on our schedules, visit our website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Page 2. Announcements from ACB. This message was posted on Thursday, 
August 4, and concerns some advocacy efforts that we need to be working on. It reads, Coming off the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act and Disability Pride Month, it is crucial that we continue to draw attention to the countless access barriers people who are blind or low vision face on a daily basis. One such issue relevant to our legislative advocacy work is digital accessibility. Representative Sarbanes, S-A-R-B-A-N-E-S, Democrat, Maryland, 3rd District, is circulating the below Dear Colleague letter seeking co-signers for the letter from the House of Representatives to Attorney General Merrick Garland, urging the Department of Justice to promulgate regulations on making websites and mobile applications accessible to people with disabilities. ACB urges all of our members and friends to share this dear colleague letter with our member of Congress and urge them to co-sign this letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Note, this sign-on opportunity is for members of Congress only, not individuals or organizations. Several members of Congress have already signed on, including Representatives Jim Costa, Democrat from California, Jim Langevin, Democrat from Rhode Island, Dinah Titus, Democrat from Nevada, Dutch Ruppersberger, Democrat from Maryland, Mary Gay Scanlon, Democrat from Pennsylvania, Darren Soto, Democrat of Florida, David Trone, Democrat from Maryland, and Nikema Williams, Democrat from Georgia. If contacting these offices, please thank them for supporting this important initiative. To find contact information for your representative, please visit https colon slash slash www.house.gov slash representatives slash find dash your dash representative. When speaking or writing to your member of Congress, you may include something like, Hello, my name is, insert your first and last name, and I live in the city, state, and zip code. If you are an officer of a state or special interest affiliate, please include that as well. I am contacting you today as a member of, insert your state affiliate name, or on behalf of all people who are blind or visually impaired in, and insert your state. I urge representative last name to co-sign the letter from Representative Sarbanes that calls upon the Attorney General and Department of Justice to issue regulations under the Americans with Disabilities Act to ensure websites, mobile applications, and online services are accessible for people with disabilities. As someone who is blind or visually impaired, I encounter numerous accessibility barriers on websites, mobile applications, and online services when using the Internet. In parens, please share one or two specific examples of inaccessible websites, mobile applications, and online services 
that you have attempted to use for education, employment, online shopping, entertainment, transportation, health care, financial services, and or government services. End of parens. Equal access to websites, mobile applications, and online services are critical to ensure people who are blind or who have low vision may live active, engaged lives as independent members of our community. Please help us ensure that people who are blind or people with disabilities have accessible access to the virtual build environment as is required for the physical built environment. Please celebrate the ADA anniversary with us and co-sign Representative Serbanis' letter to the Department of Justice. To sign on to the letter, tell your member of Congress to use the Quill link included in the E Dear Colleague letter or to contact Katie Teleki T E L E K Y at k-a-t-i-e dot t-e-l-e-k-y at mail dot house dot gov. Please reach out to Clark Rackfall and Swatha Nandakumar if you have any questions by emailing them at advocacy, a-d-v-o-c-a-c-y, at a-c-b dot o-r-g. Thank you, and keep advocating. And the letter says, Urge DOJ to promote equitable digital accessibility for individuals with disabilities. Sending Office Honorable John P. Serbanis, sent by Katie D. Telecki at mail.house.gov. Dear colleague, Earlier this year, the Department of Justice, DOJ, issued guidance on web accessibility under the Americans with Disabilities Act. However, despite this guidance and the Department's clear statements that the ADA applies to digital spaces, individuals with disabilities still face a widespread lack of meaningful digital accessibility. As businesses, employers, governments, and others increasingly rely on information and communication technologies to provide goods and services, and individuals increasingly turn to these technologies for countless other aspects of daily life, it is imperative such technologies be truly accessible to all. Unfortunately, the lack of specific requirements or technical compliance standards incorporated into regulations to date has created a corresponding lack of equity has created a corresponding lack of equity in digital accessibility for many individuals with disabilities. For that reason, I invite you to join me in sending a letter asking DOJ to take additional administrative and regulatory action to ensure that websites, mobile applications, online systems, and other forms of information and communication technologies are fully accessible to and usable by the widest range of individuals. If you would like to sign on to the letter, 
please use the quill link here and should you have any questions please do not hesitate to reach out to Katie Telecki at Katie K-A-T-I-E dot T-E-L-E-K-Y at mail dot house dot gov Sincerely, John P. Cerbatas The next announcement from ACB Congratulations! A big thank you to the Resolutions Committee, Constitution and Bylaw Committee, and ACB staff member Sharon Lovering for their prompt attention to our 2022 Constitution and Bylaw Amendments and Resolutions. Their efforts made it possible to quickly update the American Council of the Blind's website, www.acb.org, with this information. You can find the 2022 resolutions at https colon slash slash acb.org slash 2022-resolutions and the updated Constitution and Bylaws at https colon slash slash acb.org slash constitution dash bylaws. In addition, the 2021-990 financial report can be found on https colon slash slash acp.org slash about under organizational documents. The next ACB Board of Directors meeting will be on August 31 at 8 p.m. Eastern where the resolution priorities will be presented. Once again, we appreciate Sharon Lovering, Gabe Griffith, and John McCann for all their efforts. ACB also announced this week that the convention survey is now available. The announcement says the following. Thank you to all who participated in the 2022 ACB Annual Conference and Convention held as a hybrid of in-person programming that took place in Omaha, Nebraska, and virtual programming that was available across the country and internationally. During our hybrid event, both in-person and virtual attendees attending on the Zoom meeting platform were able to interact with each other as if they were in the same place. It was truly a packed convention, with sessions occurring virtually the week prior to the Omaha event, hybrid programming spanning over eight days in Omaha, and virtual programming finishing the week after to conclude the work of the business meeting. With this having been our first large-scale hybrid event, we are assessing what worked well, what needs improvement, and what we need to rethink as we plan for our annual conventions moving forward. It is essential that we receive feedback and input from all who participated in this year's event. This survey is designed to identify areas we must address in future conventions and provide data representing all attendees to assist us in the decision-making process. Everyone who answers this survey has an equal voice. To take the survey, visit https colon slash slash www.surveymonkey 
S-U-R-V-E-Y-M-O-N-K-E-Y dot com slash R slash 2022ACB convention. If you wish to complete the survey over the phone or have any questions about the survey content, please call 651-428-5059. We're so excited to host the in-person portion of our 23 conference and convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, and we hope you can join us then, whether it be in person or virtually. That announcement was from Dan Spoon, President, Eric Bridges, Executive Director, Janet Dickelman, Convention Coordinator. The following information is from Dots and Dashes, a newsletter published by the American Council of the Blind. This issue appeared on August 1. Accessibility of Web Information and Services of State and Local Governments ACB commends the U.S. Department of Justice for adding an ADA Title II NPRM Notice of Proposed Rulemaking to their agenda for 2023. This is a critical step to ensure online accessibility for all aspects of society and everyday life. We urge the administration to complete online accessibility rulemakings under ADA Titles 2 and 3 and Section 504 of the Rehab Act by the end of 2024. Accessible Federal Technology for People with Disabilities, Older Americans and Veterans. ACB thanks Chair Senator Bob Casey and Ranking Minister ACB ACB thanks Chair Senator Bob Casey and Ranking Minute. Well, we'll try this again. Accessible Federal Technology for People with Disabilities, Older Americans, and Veterans. ACB thanks Chair Senator Bob Casey and Ranking Member Senator Tim Scott for their leadership to ensure the federal government is serving all constituents and employees with accessible federal technology, whether people with disabilities, older Americans, and or veterans. We are glad that ACB and PCB member Jewel Ann Lieberman was a witness and part of this important conversation. There is more information at https colon slash slash tinyurl t-i-n-y-u-r-l dot com slash y-c-k-s-d-t-y Accessible COVID Testing Updates How to Order and Supplemental Testing Instructions On June 23, 2022, the Biden-Harris Administration launched a new initiative to expand the availability of testing options that are more accessible for people who are blind or have low vision. Through the initiative, blind and low vision users have been able to order ELLUME COVID home tests, which are more accessible than other options. Supplies of these tests are becoming limited, so people are asked to order these tests only if they do not have a way to use other supplies of these tests are becoming limited so people 
are asked to order these tests only if they do not have a way to use the other tests such as assistive technology or a trusted family member or friend who can assist in person or via video call. In addition, to help ensure that the more accessible tests are reserved for blind and visually impaired users, they are no longer available for order through the online system. To order the more accessible tests, please call 800-232-0233. If you are able to use the other types of tests, you can order them online or by calling 800-232-0233. More information about this update is available on the webpage of the Administration of Community Living, including new supplemental testing instructions to provide greater context for users who are blind and low vision. DOJ and HHS issue new guidance on non-discrimination in telehealth. New guidance was issued on July 29. <clears throat> DOJ <clears throat> DOJ and HHS issue new guidance on non-discrimination in telehealth. New guidance was issued on July 29 by the Justice Department and the Department of Health and Human Services on the protections in federal non-discrimination laws, including the ADA, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and Section 1557 of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, requiring that telehealth be accessible to people with disabilities and limited English proficient persons. These laws work in tandem to prohibit discrimination and protect access to health care. Read more at https colon slash slash dot gov slash opa slash pr slash justice dash department dash and dash hhs dash issue dash guidance dash non-discrimination dash telehealth dash week dash three two nd dash anniversary NLS Patron Engagement Section Launches Virtual Programs NLS's newly formed Patron Engagement Section will be hosting a virtual monthly BARD review on Zoom. This program will occur the second Thursday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Each review will last for one hour and will discuss a predetermined topic about a component of BARD usage or a specific BARD product. There will be time afterwards for questions. To join the August 11 session, visit https colon slash slash loc dot zoomgov dot com slash j slash one six one 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 Six one nine one one question mark PWD equals 
let's see. I'm going to, Adam, I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to say, I'm going back a little bit. To join the August 11 session by telephone, call 1-669-254-5252. The meeting ID is one one. The meeting ID is one six one 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 six one nine one one. For information on upcoming patron engagement section programs, visit www.loc.gov slash NLS slash A B For information on upcoming patron engagement section programs, visit www.loc.gov slash NLS slash AB slash services. Access Board discontinues toll-free number. The U.S. Access Board discontinued its technical assistance toll-free 800 phone number but it continues to offer technical assistance via 202-272-0080, extension 3, and by email at ta at access accessboard.gov from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern weekdays. Accessibility specialists are available to answer questions on accessibility as it relates to the built environment, outdoor sites, streets and sidewalks, transportation vehicles and vessels, information and communication technology, and medical diagnostic equipment. Dots and Dashes is a publication of the American Council of the Blind and is distributed every other week. Page 3. Articles from around the Internet about blindness and visual impairment. The first article is from Forbes.com and is entitled, How AI is Being Used to Help Blind Students to Visualize Graphs and Charts. Roll back the decades, or for the more youthful, a shorter few years and reflect for a moment on the foundational educational importance of being able to interpret graphs and charts from early high school years onwards. Imagine, then, the experience of young learners with sight loss who, when undertaking vital education in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math subjects, lack even a frame of reference for what a graph or chart is in the first place, let alone the data that it displays. The complex, data-rich, and highly visual nature of such models often renders them refractive to the assistive technology, such as screen readers and electronic braille displays that visually impaired students might use in the classroom. Often, the only option available is the unsustainable 
and independence compromising practice of receiving an in-depth verbal description of the data from teachers or cited guides. Over the past couple of months, Benetech, a nonprofit social enterprise that focuses on converting books into accessible formats for individuals with print disabilities via its internationally renowned Bookshare platform, has been collaborating with Schmidt Futures to solve this fundamental global issue of educational inequity. Schmidt Futures is the philanthropic initiative founded by former Google CEO Eric Schmidt and his wife, Wendy, dedicated to bringing the power of networks and advanced technology to bear in tackling areas of unmet need across science and society. Their joint initiative builds on ongoing work undertaken by Benetech in conjunction with General Motors using AI, artificial intelligence, to identify, extract, and convert over 8 million mathematical equations in Bookshare into accessible formats. Next level. The latest project addresses a whole new level of complexity as it focuses on building a large data set that will be used to train AI on how to identify graphs and charts in textbooks and accurately describe them to a learner with a vision impairment or print disability. With thousands of potential variables at play, the challenge is immense and additionally involves the running of a data science competition to establish best practices in the use of AI models to automate the classification and remediation of graphs and charts. Quote, 20 years ago, the accessibility of text was the main challenge and optical character recognition was just beginning to come into its own where you can scan a page and convert it into readable text for screen reading software. Explains Brad Turner, Benetech's VP and GM, Global Education and Literacy. Today, the new frontier is STEM. It's math, it's charts, graphs, and physics. As of now, we've got conversion of math equations up to about 99% accuracy. And we're excited to be kicking off our project with Schmidt Futures, exploring data sets to describe charts and graphs. End of quote. Educational equality. The challenge is one with global ramifications, as Turner outlines. Quote, Currently, in the global south, across huge swaths of Africa, South Asia, and Latin America, visually impaired students beyond the age of around 10 or 11 are simply not allowed to study STEM subjects because the content is not accessible. It's not because the student isn't interested or bright. The content is just not there, says Turner. Nonetheless, poor access to STEM education is anything but purely a third world issue. Data from the Women, Minorities, and 
Persons with Disabilities in Science and Engineering report published in April of 2021 by the National Center for Science and Engineering Statistics at the National Science Foundation reveals that the overall percentage of scientists in the United States with one or more visible or invisible disabilities has grown at a disappointingly pedestrian rate from just 6% in 1999 to 9% in 2019. Additionally, scientists and engineers with disabilities were found to have a higher unemployment rate than those without disabilities and a higher level of unemployment than the overall U.S. unemployment rate in 2019. Quote, As a society, we often make the mistake of viewing STEM as specialized and something that only a very small subset of students is interested in, when it's increasingly becoming a core skill area that every student should have a broad familiarity and capability around, says Kumar Garg, Vice President of Partnerships at Schmidt Futures. Quote, There seem to be so many different ways that students get coached out of these learning pathways. Education is cumulative, and if a student gets knocked off their trajectory of building the core foundational concepts, it becomes really tough for them to try and catch up later, he explained. It's a huge equity challenge if we're not thinking about these access gaps at key points in people's trajectory. These are the rapidly growing areas students are interested in, and we should be doing everything we can to actively encourage them and offer support. End of quote. According to Turner, it's not just the individual student who loses out. Quote, it's immeasurable the disservice we are doing to students with a vision impairment or print disability who could have grown up to be the next Galileo, Albert Einstein, or Louis Pasteur, but have just been steered away from science because the education content is not available to them. We are depriving wider society of their skills and talents, too. It's unjust to rob young people of their true calling in life just because they might read differently, whether it's with their eyes, their ears, or their fingers. End of quote. Following this thought process, it is difficult not to reflect on the talent that may have slipped through the cracks already, but perhaps it is those inequitable educational experiences we still have today that underscore the need to strive for a brighter tomorrow. The next item is entitled Best Smartphone Assistive Apps for Seniors with Low Vision, and it's from SeniorsMatter.com. This was posted by Peter Altschel in mid-July on the ACB Leadership List. Assistive apps for smartphones could help seniors with low vision regain some of their independence and relieve caregiver burden at the same time. But there's a problem. 
Many older Americans who could benefit from apps designed for those with visual impairment do not use them. In fact, while 15.2% of people over the age of 75 reported having vision loss that could not be corrected through prescription lenses, only 6% of older smartphone users take advantage of these types of apps. Initial findings from a study cited in the Review of Optometry listed two reasons for this. First, most people who could benefit from the apps didn't even know that they existed. Second, those who did know about the apps were unclear on how to use them and needed assistance to learn. Quote, While apps are likely to be more intuitive for younger users, extensive training may be required for novice users who are visually impaired seniors that are motivated to learn them, the researchers said. They instead suggested that seniors who need that level of training ask their optometrists for a referral to a rehabilitation center specializing in low vision. The link between visual impairment and dementia is also a great reason to get seniors connected with the assistive technology available through their smartphones. These apps could help relieve some of the confusion that stems from low vision. How low vision apps can help. Two main types of smartphone apps are used to help someone who's visually impaired. One is magnifiers and the other is screen readers. Magnifiers work in a similar manner as magnifying glasses, except they can be much more powerful. They also come with additional digital features, such as screen freeze and a flashlight. Screen readers use text-to-speech technology to allow users to navigate their devices without the need to see the screen. Speech-to-text can be just as important to someone with low vision as text-to-speech, but a separate app is generally not needed, though there are dedicated dictation apps available. Both Android and iPhone devices come with easy-to-use speech-to-text. Just look for the microphone icon on the keyboard to activate voice commands. Like screen readers, audiobooks are also an option for seniors who love to read. Digital books are available on a variety of apps, including Amazon's Audible and Apple's Books. Because they're read by a human narrator, audiobooks can be more user-friendly for visually impaired people than screen readers for long passages. For those who are more significantly visually impaired, there are even apps that can identify objects for the user and help them reach out to sighted volunteers who can offer descriptions using the phone's camera. Best apps for low vision accessibility. Most smartphones come preloaded with at least some accessibility features and enabling them can simply be a matter of enabling the apps. Many other accessibility features are free to download, so explore some of these popular options. VoiceOver. 
The voiceover screen reader comes standard on Apple's iOS devices, including iPhones. It can be used to browse the Internet, explore maps, utilize the phone's different functions, and more. According to Apple, VoiceOver has the ability to interpret forms, tables, and lists from PDFs. TalkBack For Android users, TalkBack is the standard screen reader. It can also be accessed through settings, though AbilityNet notes the app may be listed as Voice Assistant or Accessibility Suite in some phones. TalkBack aims to give eyes-free control of your device in order to allow navigation of both the phone itself as well as the Internet. Supervision Plus Magnifier Available through Apple's App Store, this magnifying app was designed specifically for iPads, but it works on iPhones too. The magnifier has been recognized by the American Foundation for the Blind, and the app boasts senior-friendly technology that allows for reading small print up close as well as bringing distant signs and points of interest into focus. Using the zoom magnification is as easy as pointing the device's camera and holding down on the screen. There's a built-in flashlight and images can be frozen at a high resolution, making them crisp, clean, and easy to see. If you take care of a senior who happens to be an Android user instead, consider the magnifier plus flashlight. On the Play Store, which has similar features. Seeing AI and TapTapC. Another app for the iOS system Seeing AI is a talking camera that identifies objects in the environment for the blind or visually impaired. It works with money, products, people, and short amounts of text. Android users have a similar app available to them called TapTapC, which will describe whatever the user takes a picture of. <clears throat> Readers note, TapTapC is also available on the iPhone. Ira. This app adds a real-time human component to assistive technology. Ira's website describes how this mobile app works for low vision users. Quote, using the camera and an app on your smartphone, a trained agent will assist by visually interpreting your surroundings from describing to reading from explaining to navigating just about anything safely and securely. End of quote. Audiobook apps. While screen readers are available for Kindles and other e readers, audiobooks may be more to many seniors' liking. Narrated by real people, these digital books can help keep seniors with visual impairment entertained and stave off loneliness. Many seniors who loved to read before their eyesight became impaired will also appreciate being able to immerse themselves in a story at their leisure. Apple Books and Audible are both popular options. However, for seniors with low vision or cognitive 
deficits who want something more simple. The Homer player may be a better option. This information was posted by David Goldfield, Assistive Technology Specialist. His website is at www.davidgoldfield.info. This last article was posted on July 21 and is from MacRumors.com. It is entitled, Everything New with Siri and Dictation in iOS 16. With every iteration of iOS, Apple makes improvements to the built-in Siri voice assistant, and iOS 16 is no exception. Offline support has been expanded. Siri can finally hang up calls, and there's improved guidance on when and where you can access Siri. This guide outlines everything that's new with Siri, plus it includes details on the updates to dictation. Simpler Shortcuts Shortcuts activated by Siri no longer require a setup process to use them. When you download and install an app, shortcuts can be activated by Siri right away. Emoji in Texts If you're sending a message using Siri, you can ask Siri to insert an emoji into your message. You'll need to be specific about the character that you're requesting and it's also helpful to say emoji after each request so Siri doesn't get confused. Hanging up calls. If you're having a hands-free conversation with someone and it ends, you can ask Siri to hang up the call. Automatic message sending. In the settings app, the Siri and search section has a new option for automatically sending a message with Siri, which removes the confirmation step that you have to go through when sending text through Siri. Having to approve each message Having to approve each message can be a frustration if you're having a long conversation with someone and you don't have access to your phone to type. So this streamlines the process, plus it works with CarPlay. It is an opt-in feature and it can be toggled off for the car and headphones if desired. Siri Command Guidance If you want to know more about how you can take advantage of Siri, just ask. When you're in an app or doing something on your iPhone, say, Hey Siri, what can I do here? You'll get details on what Siri is capable of. You can also ask Siri about a specific app with a command like, Hey Siri, what can I do with insert the app name? More offline functionality. Siri is able to do more on device in iOS 16 without having to contact an Apple server, which means there are a wider array of functions that are available when you don't have an internet connection. Siri can process HomeKit, intercom, and voicemail requests when you're offline. Accessibility features. In the accessibility section of the settings app under the Siri heading, there are new options to change Siri's pause time, which causes the voice assistant to wait for you to finish speaking for a longer period of time. 
Siri pause time can be set to default, longer, and longest. There's also an option to announce notifications on speaker to have Siri speak notifications allowed and a prefer spoken responses option that can be toggled on to cause Siri to speak aloud in situations such as the phone being silenced. Dictation. Apple with iOS 16 entirely overhauled the dictation experience, making it easier to swap between voice and touch. When you're dictating text on the iPhone or iPad, you can tap into the text field and type with the keyboard to make edits and insert quick type suggestions without having to stop the dictation process. There's also a new cursor popover that's available when you're dictating text, and if you tap it, you can stop the dictation more quickly. Automatic punctuation. While you dictate text, your device will intelligently add punctuation, putting in commas, periods, and question marks where appropriate. The iPhone or iPad will listen to what you're saying, wait for you to finish, and then add commas and periods based on the structure of your words. It's not always perfect, but it's better than having to speak punctuation as is required in iOS 15 and earlier. Emoji support. As with Siri, the built-in dictation feature also supports inserting emoji by voice command. Dictation in messages. In the iOS 16 messages app, the dictation icon is right in the message text box, making it much easier to get to. If dictation is enabled, you'll see a tappable microphone icon that starts a dictation setting. The dictation icon replaces the voice message icon that was at the right side of the messages text entry box in iOS 15. If dictation is not enabled, there is no icon in the text box. Guide feedback. Have questions about dictation and Siri in iOS 16? Know of a feature we left out or want to offer feedback on this guide? Send an email to guides, G-U-I-D-E-S, at macrumors, M-A-C-R-U-M-O-R-S dot com. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody. Well, I'm
Yeah.